Welcome to the Martial Mind Power Podcast, where you discover how to cultivate self-mastery towards your self-realization, inspired by martial arts and philosophy. Kung Fu lives and breathes in everything by Dr. Tamara Russell. Our next speaker is an amazing woman. She's a neuroscientist, a clinical psychologist, a martial artist, and mindfulness trainer. After qualifying as a doctor in neuroscience, psychology, and clinical psychology, it wasn't until Tamara delved deep into the practice of Shaolin Kung Fu and Tai Chi that she made a most profound discovery. Tamara discovered the secret to how life is your lesson and the teacher, your body. In Tamara's martial mind power talk, she's going to share five profound secrets how to live and breathe Kung Fu into everything you do in everyday life so you can become alive and present. Tamara is an active mindfulness trainer and therapist and has written two mindfulness programs called The Art of Mindfulness and Body and Mind Training, which she teaches to the general public, schools, corporations, health sector and Brazilian favelas. Tamara is also a director of the Mindfulness Centre of Excellence and visiting lecturer at King's College London lecturing on the clinical and neuroscientific aspects of mindfulness to students across a range of postgraduate courses and conducting research projects. Tamara's clinical and academic research explores the link between movement, mind and the brain. At the heart of this work is the Kung Fu principle that our training and our mindfulness can and is in everything we do. As Mr Miyagi, the Karate Kid, once said, everything is Kung Fu. By working with the body and movement, we are tapping into the most fundamental of brain processes that underpin all our mental activity and subsequent actions in the world. Working with martial artists, contemporary dancers and those in the creative arts, tomorrow's work explores how we can learn and share experiences of embodiment across disciplines to improve the pedagogy of mindfulness. To learn the five secrets, how to live and breathe Kung Fu into everything you do in everyday life. Enjoy listening to tomorrow's Martial Mind Power Talk. Thank you very much for this opportunity to share some of the learning that's been part of my martial arts journey. Uh, as I was introduced, you've got a sense perhaps that I've been training in a number of different styles for over 20 years now. First starting with the more yang style of the Shaolin Kung Fu, then moving in my journey to the more yin styles through Tai Chi, training uh, with the Wudang style. And now my practice, my personal practice uh, is more Bagua, which for me is that, you know, that integration of the yin and the yang, the male and the female, the hard and the soft side. And we need both of these to thrive. And so for me, my martial arts journey has been that deep embodiment of the principles of the yin and the yang paradox. And we often find this in the martial arts journey. We're drawn to things that our ego likes in the early stages of our journey. Uh, we go to the things that resonate with us that we find easy. Um, but part of the martial arts journey is this continuous growth, as Bruce Lee talked about. It's a process of continuous growth. And if we are going to learn and grow, then it's likely that we may be uh, in learning modes and learning experiences that are a little bit uncomfortable or where we're not so good at something, or we have to challenge ourselves. 
uh, we're, we're moving out of our comfort zone. We're no longer in the area of the things that we prefer. Uh, and instead, we're exploring and expanding our minds and brains. And so what's been important uh, in some of the work that I've been doing is really try to think about how we can blend understanding from these ancient traditions, embodied traditions, movement traditions, including the martial arts, but I also work with contemplative practitioners who just only do seated practices. My own approach is that we can do mindfulness in motion, but some people do prefer to sit on a cushion, that's fine. Um, but really trying to think, what is it that the neuroscience piece and the modern psychology piece can tell us about how to bring martial arts training and practices to a wider audience. Uh, and that includes women. Yeah, that includes women. So, um, you know, many of you are perhaps training in clubs and, and I would guess perhaps that there's a larger majority of male students than females. I may be wrong. I hope I am. Um, but I really do believe that Elements of these martial arts practices are really for everybody, uh, but there can be some barriers. So the work I do is across a variety of sectors, but it has some common themes. Uh, one of them is really trying to be thoughtful about what are the brain-based ways of helping people learn and connect to these practices. And we know certain things about brains and how they like to work. Uh, probably some of the things that I'm going to talk about in terms of the neuroscience and my experience of how I was able to integrate mind and brain and body and heart and soul in my journey, you'll, you'll realize that you're probably already doing them. Yeah, you're already doing them. And this is one of the great things about an embodied learning methodology is we're learning through our bodies. We're learning in every cell of our body. We're learning how to be in the world and act in the world in certain ways. And sometimes we're not always aware of what we've actually learned. Yeah, and it's not until somebody drops a comment or gives a phrase or you see something and you think, hang on a minute, I know what that is. I didn't use those words or I didn't quite have it in that same concepts or framework, but I know what this thing is. And I suppose that was part of my experience. When I was studying clinical psychology, I came across some work about something called mindfulness-based cognitive therapy, which is a type of therapy based on meditation and contemplative traditions that's really helpful for people with depression. Uh, and what they suggest is a variety of practices, including some mindful movement and, and body-based meditations. But when I was reading about the practices, I had this kind of intuitive moment where I understood that the martial arts had taught me everything that was being written about, just it was in a slightly different way. And it had the added bonus that you could knock somebody out as well, <laughs> which I don't think they're teaching in the mainstream clinics in the NHS at the moment, <laughs> not yet. Um, so there's something there about this kind of bottom-up, embodied, implicit knowledge, implicit knowing, and then this sort of top-down, what I would call the cognitive knowing, really understanding what is it, that thing that I've learned. Uh, and if we want to teach and we want to share with others, you know, there's real mileage in A, having a variety of ways to work with our students because someone, they do want the conceptual knowledge and they're going a bit mad in the class because you're not giving them anything. Yeah, you need to feed that little monkey mind, feed that little bit of monkey with a little bit of conceptual knowledge, relax the mind, then they'll come into the learning process differently. Others are kind of going, I don't want to look at books. I'm not interested in that. Let me watch a video. Let me just get on the mat. I just need to do it. I've got to, I just have to learn it through my body. There's no other way I can get it in. 
And so what the neuroscience tells us is, you know, there's different types of learners and people do like to learn in different ways. Um, and so this has been my experience of the martial arts. You know, there's no getting around the fact that you need to be in the gym, you need to be doing the practices, but how we can augment that to really make the most of our time on the mat, I think is open to some, some options there. Uh, and so for me, this was, you know, understanding, well, what is it that my brain needs to do? And the last speaker made this several comments, actually, and draw on, on some of the comments from the previous speakers because they were all excellent. Um, but it was one of the things that our brain does is it actually has a braking system. And even though we talk a lot about free will, actually, from a neuroscience point of view, free won't is the more important thing. Yeah, and this is something that I believe that the martial arts has really taught me. Now, this was helpful for me because I came into this world, um, you know, with a little bit of extra energy in the system. Yeah, very hyperactive, very impulsive, always getting into trouble, finding it hard to sit at school, not wanting to sit behind a desk, always wanting to be outside, running around. So my mind and brain works in a particular way. Uh, and actually, I really needed how to learn how to put the brakes on. It was very difficult for me. Uh, and this is what the discipline of working in the body, working in the dojo, provides for people. You know, this kind of, I want to go for the punch, but I have to wait for the command. Yeah, classically seen in the new students, yeah? They're punching before the, before the number or the command even comes out of the instructor's mouth. Right there. That's your brain. It's your brain's braking system. It's actually a region of the right ventrolateral prefrontal cortex. And there's a lot of interest in this region, even in the corporate level. Yeah, the brain's braking system, free won't, the things that we let go of. Yeah, the things that we don't pursue, sometimes much more important than the course that we do decide to take. And we know from the psychological literature that if we're able to train this area, it has impact on a number of benefits that again, anybody that's an instructor here will know. These are the things that kids talk about when they've been in our classes. They're able to attend better at school. Yeah, they're getting into less fights. They're getting into less trouble you know, with back chat with their parents because they're able to inhibit before the words come out of their mouth. They're able to notice the words that they're about to choose and then select is this one going to be the right one? So the right ventrolateral prefrontal cortex, this ability to pull back, to put the brakes on, you know, very helpful if you've got this kind of slight hyperactivity like I do, but also a vital, vital skill for our educational functioning, our occupational functioning, and our relationship status and our mental health status later on in life. The research is very clear. And when we're working with the body, even if it's just doing something very slow, yeah, much harder for your brain to go slow than it is to go fast. And all the way through this process, I'm doing these micro movements, working out that region of the brain. And if I do it in the body, this helps me when I then want to do it in the space of the mind or when I'm trying to regulate emotions. So we have body, cognition, and emotion, and we need this braking system for all three. And some of the research shows that if you train in the motor domain, it drip feeds into the other domains.
So while many martial artists and Tai Chi instructors haven't been in psychotherapy, and they maybe don't have a therapist, or they may not even have a coach, like a, a mentor or a, or a business coach, actually training through the physical body is what has enabled them to have a better control over the braking system of the mind and what it's doing, choosing to follow that thought, choosing to let that go, choosing to get drawn into, am I going to win the fight? Oh gosh, I'm not ready. Is it okay? Blah, 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 blah. You know, 10 hours before you're even getting into the ring versus saying, wow, mind, look at that stuff go. This is my mind, yeah? When I'm feeling fear, when I'm uncertain, when I don't know what's going on, when the adrenaline starts to hit the system, when I'm imagining some future uh, scenarios that maybe haven't even happened yet. This is what the mind does. I see you, not now. Come back. Come back to being present. And so being present, of course, is a huge part of our practice in any kind of martial art. How am I really, really in the body? And we can do lots of things to bring our attention into the body. And my style, my journey back in the day was, you know, harder, faster, more. Yeah, it's not a proper training session unless you've thrown up at the end of it. Yeah, three, four hours, keep going, keep going through the pain barrier. Yeah, very familiar. Anybody training in this more yang style, particularly Shaolin. Yeah, hard style of training. Uh, and at the time, that matched my ego. Yeah, that matched my conditioning, my, my, my kind of experience as a youngster, my family story and narrative about what it is to learn and achieve and, and, and how you kind of get to be great. And it served me well. It served me well, but it did have costs. Yeah, one of the costs was injuries, pain to the body. Yeah, and you know, sometimes when we're younger and a bit more impulsive, these are the badges of honor. But then as we grow up and mature, we realize, well, hang on a minute, I want to use this body for a long time. Yeah, I want to have health, vitality, uh, the capacity to use my body to be in the world, to help myself, to help others for as long as I can. And I'm not going to be able to do that if I'm injured. So for me, then the story was moving a little bit from the Shaolin style, became more interested in Qigong and Tai Chi. So uh, I found another teacher who was able to teach me uh, more of this yin style, uh, the soft style. Uh, and initially, of course, it was very difficult to go slow and pay attention. Uh, the Kung Fu training actually stood me in very good stead, but I was a bit shocked, including my ego, and I discovered how much more I still had to learn. And, you know, those are the great moments, aren't they, when you just go, wow, I know how much I didn't know. Yeah, these are one of the kind of plateaus and leaps uh, in the insights. So coming into the Tai Chi styles, you know, here we're really talking about softness, yielding, yeah, not this charging forwards energy, but this different kind of energy, the letting go, the opening, um, the emptiness, the void, if you want to kind of take it to that level. Um, but for me, this then is a really important message, which we also find in the psychology and in our modern world, which is how can we care for ourselves? Yeah, how can we really care for these bodies when we use them, when we're working, you know, perhaps People aren't lucky like me to have a job which is their dream job going around teaching and talking about the brain and doing Kung Fu all the time. You know, people sitting behind desks, sitting behind cars, van drivers, standing at doors, you know, security guards, eight, ten hours. You know, anybody that deals with a member of the general public. Yeah, these are highly stressful situations for your brain. Nothing more stressful for your brain, actually, than another human being. Yeah, very unreliable, very uncertain, full of emotions, likely to do anything. Yeah, and it's worse if it's somebody you know and care about, 
because you've got a whole other layer of emotional conditioning going on in your brain around the meaning of those actions and the words that that person says to you. So Tai Chi then was about softening for me, softening in the mind, softening in the heart, softening in the body, really understanding that it's not being selfish or taking liberties when you want to go to the massage. Yeah, great if you've got somebody else to do it for you, but, you know, I teach this a lot. Take care of your body. Yeah. Sorry, our public health service is looking pretty dire at the moment. So you do well to learn how to take care of your body. And being present with the body means that you're constantly gathering data. Your brain all the time is drinking in data from your body. Yeah, in martial arts, we're doing forms, we're learning, we maybe have some experiences of pain, we're doing these kind of controlled peril experiments, all of these things inviting us to be in our body. But Tai Chi is a different kind of quality of attention. And I would really encourage you to explore this. What are the different qualities of the attention that you can bring to your body in different circumstances? Because there's a huge variety and what we need in a fight is different from what we need with massage, is different what we need when we're doing something that's about more about internal styles and the movement of energy and chi. But being present in the body means we can care for it. It means that we know our body better it means that we have less injuries. It means that we can heal more quickly from injuries. It means that we can heal ourselves and others, perhaps through massage. Yeah, so many martial artists are great at doing massage. It's not because they trained as massage therapists. It's because they know their own bodies in this very, very intimate way, probably through touch, probably through lots and lots and lots of injuries that they needed to heal. And I suppose that's really then one of the sort of kind of key things that comes from my story of martial arts, and I'm sure it's common to everybody, which is we're often on this journey to learn how to heal ourselves. And it's through healing ourselves that we then really open up our full power, our full capacity to help one another. So for me, this was a journey, you know, through the body, through the brain, into the heart, so my work now is really a progression of that journey where I'm mixing and blending all the skills that I picked up along the way, some of it from the kind of hard style of Kung Fu, some of it more from the soft style of Tai Chi, you know, loving the Bagua with this kind of the energy of the hardness and the martial application, but also the softness and the spiritual element. And then really now coming to this, the mega, the mega power instrument that we have, which is our heart. Yeah, and to really listen to this energy, to really work from this space, it does require a mind that's a little bit quieter, a little bit less chatty, 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 uh, with the kind of worries of the future, all the stuff that hasn't happened, the stories, the narrative of the past. Oh, I'm dragging that big bag with me. You know, no, let go of that. Be present. Acknowledge the journey. You know, take what went well, drop what didn't go well. Bring the bits that you want to bring with you. Remember what you need to remember as learning. But then let's assess, where am I now? Feet on the floor, breath going in and out of the body. Maybe even hand on heart. Let me get that deep, deep message from inside. What is my next move? Literally, what is my next move? And then going forwards, what are my intentions? Acting with awareness. And this is how you can supercharge your brain by working always with intentions. What is this next step that I'm about to take? What is it for? Why am I doing it? I don't have to be all the way over there, I just need to know to here. Right, where am I now? How are things now? 
What is my next step? Who's around me that can help me? Who's around me that's not helping me? Okay, you can come, you, no. Next step. Yeah, so this is living in the present moment with intentions in a way that can harness your brain so it can really do great work for you. Uh, but for me, the martial arts journey was how to integrate brain and heart. And now really feeling like I'm on that next level and very grateful for this opportunity to share here, um, you know, more of this heartfelt story, which is how can we bring this to people that need it, who maybe don't want to walk into a dojo, yeah, who don't see, like me, the martial arts signs popping out of these little studios and on top of shops and, you know, oh, there's a kung fu place there. Oh, look, there's a Tai Chi, you know, people that don't see that. Yet they could really, really benefit from some of the trainings that we've maybe had a chance to experience. So I'll leave you with that thought and say thank you very much. If you took some value out of this podcast, then please like and subscribe to our channel. If you feel this podcast will help a loved one, then please kindly spread this wisdom by sharing this podcast link with them. For more information and learning materials on how to cultivate self-mastery towards your self-realization inspired by martial arts and philosophy, please go to www.martialmindpower.com. See you in the next podcast.